All right, guys, I'm so excited. Hello, my name is Dr. Callie Hale. And I'm Dr. Kyle Hale. And we have an amazing guest with us today. We have Michelle Saltarelli. Did I say that right? You did. Good. Excellent. And she's an audiologist and a speech language pathologist. We met uh, about a month, not even, yeah, a couple like weeks. weeks ago. Yes. And she was so impressive. And I was so excited to have her on the podcast. And I'm so thankful you're here. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> sure, sure. So um, I'm originally from New Orleans. Um, I studied in Louisiana, moved here about 16 years, no, 17 years ago now. Okay. Um, I've been practicing as an audiologist and a speech pathologist, did my residency in the med center for audiology. Um, then, um, then I just started uh, working and then I opened up my own private practice, Autumn Oak Speech, Voice and Hearing Amazing. 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago, I did a year of research about, you know, just making sure I got the right spot and all the right uh, credentialing, all that yeah. kind of stuff in order. And I started that. And, uh, the reason, the primary reason of why I opened up my own practice was because my oldest son he was born with special needs mm -hmm. so initially we were told that he wouldn't be able to do much um he would probably be dependent on us as he grew up grew up wouldn't be able to go to school drive uh, work wow. um well actually you know fast forward to 16 years or 15 years later he's actually not like that at all um, awesome. Right. Good. Yes, with the grace of God, yeah. and uh, and just pushing him and making sure we get the right intervention, the right specialist, and um, but I opened it up based on him because everybody, including people with special needs, needs to have a purpose, absolutely, and should be able to work mm -hmm. and have the accommodations to work. So, um, so that's why I started. He was pretty much my inspiration, and we're oh, still going strong. So cool. Love yeah. that. Yeah, and so, um, and it's looking like probably my sons will probably rotate in and help, yeah. you know, at the clinic as much as they can. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, and as they figure out what they want to do with their lives. But yeah. yes, but the reason why was just to make sure that I had a legacy to leave to my son because biologically I was going to outlive him. I need to make sure I took still took care of him past my days uh, yeah. oh that's so special yeah so you've been a small business owner for a long time in the trenches with us like, yes <laughs> yes i have been i mean yeah. it's just i mean i always i have that analogy of like it's it's pushing that train up the hill right and then once you get it past that peak right mm -hmm. the momentum just goes and it evolves mm -hmm. and you have to evolve with it right you know because if we're not revolving we're regressing pretty much absolutely 100 percent yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. How many people do you have under your like on your uh, staff? And we have two clinics. So we have hearing and balance um, on one side in Friendswood, and uh, we have another audiologist, and then we have support staff with them. And then on the other side, I'm, we have um, six speech pathologists and therapists, and um, goodness, we even have a music therapist. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. With I remember us. you saying that. Yeah, we have a music yeah. therapist. I'm trying to build a full blown like rehab yeah. for both children and adults so i'm looking for an ot and a pt mm. but okay. i'm looking for business owners yes in okay. that realm to partner awesome. with yeah awesome. um but yeah like a total there's 15 total okay and they're yeah. all in friends with texas we're all in friends with texas awesome. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so so we just split the audiology and the speech yeah. pathology the rehab side yeah oh mm -hmm. that's fantastic so, so you're I, not far from us at all hold on i already got a good question okay yes <laughs> yes so one of the things that we talk about on the show pretty often is, and the, on the orthodontic side is there's kind of just like, oh, it's time for it's time for braces, and so you go to the orthodontist and you just kind of get the regular prescription and the but the soapbox, Callie, I'll try to keep her off of today. The <laughs> yeah, she's heard it once already. I've heard it. Yeah, is is pulling bicuspids because they're called extra teeth, and so that kind of falls into this category of well. The patient doesn't know better. Like they don't know to ask the question or to no, think we don't. that it's not right. We're just going along. Right. And so I imagine 15 years ago when you're getting told all this stuff about your son, you may have been in a really similar boat. So I want to, if you're okay with me getting kind of personal for a moment. No, it's fine. Why, why did you think that there was an opportunity for it to be any different than right. what they told you? Neuroplasticity of the brain. I mean, it, it's going to change based on the environment. It's going to mm -hmm. change based on external factors. I mean, he was a baby. I had that was the most vital time. If I may, if I was aggressive with his treatment, I knew I could change possibly his outcome. Maybe it wouldn't be as severe. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. You Wait. know, they're telling me he's going to be the most severe that you can even think of as a person, right? Yeah. Just totally dependent on the parent the rest of their lives eventually. 
That's like, I mean, that's hard to hear. And yeah. actually, I wasn't supposed to hear that. That was the physician telling his residents, teaching his residents about my child wow. oh. that I overheard. Oh my but you know what? I needed to hear that. I really did because it was that moment, even though a tear was trickling down my face and I was trying to be so strong for my son because he was a toddler, yeah, already kind of scared in this environment. I thought to myself, that's not going to be my child. I mean, yeah. we can work with this. I mean, right. maybe it could have been, but I didn't. It wasn't because of the neuroplasticity of the brain. So if we can get everything changed up before, right. you know, he's an adult, before mm -hmm. he's 12 years old, we can do so much more. Yeah. And that's... That's where it came into play for that me. That is so cool because I think I think there's a lot of blind trust put into a lot of components of healthcare where you get told something and you just accept it as you, fact. You feel handicapped and you kind of like it, or you got your hands tied behind your back. Like, oh well, I mean, it's what they said. I know, and it yeah. doesn't sound like that was the case for you at all. You just kind of no, decided, like it wasn't going to be no. my child. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I and if it was, it was, but I was going to give you know, I was going to fight my hardest mm -hmm. to help him because I didn't. What kind of life is that? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so that's that's why I think part of it was my education, right? The background because that's when my profession and my personal life totally crossed paths. Yeah. And then it was just like, okay, what do we need to do? Right. I mean, and also the the amazing like the neurologists over at Texas Children's were amazing. They were like, read this book, read this book, read oh, this that's book. Fantastic. So I just read everything they gave me. Wow. And then it just got to the time when I was like, I want brain surgery for my child. I want it now. I don't want it when he's 12. I want it now when he's like three going on four. Yeah. And there was a 50% attrition rate, but it didn't matter to me because right. it was like I was watching him slow, die, I mean, slowly die in front of my eyes versus yeah. just peacefully on the OR table. Right. I'll yeah. take my chances because... You know, his life, quality of life was just deteriorating. Right, exactly. As what was the diagnosis? It was actually Sturge-Weber syndrome. Oh. It's a very rare syndrome. Yeah, I have it's heard a fluke. of that, though. It's wow. a fluke in utero. It's a, um, and that's what he had. But we didn't know until they, he had a variation of it. Mm. So they didn't really definitively, yeah, they were mm. like, this is Sturge-Weber. This is what it is. This is what his anatomy looks like inside. But physically, he looks just like a regular boy. Wow. I mean, he's on heavy-duty epilepsy, like, you know, mm -hmm. anti-seizure medicine, because mm -hmm. that's the characteristic of it that that's really detrimental to their brain. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. You know, but essentially his right hemisphere and the vascular system that, that you know, can... Um, what do I want to say? The vascular I, system that that uh, provides to that hemisphere, it's all malformed. Oh, okay. I see. So less blood and oxygen is getting to that. Yeah, hemisphere. it's all just malformed. The right okay. hemisphere, majority of the right hemisphere is not used by him. It's, oh, okay. it's very, and so because of all the malformation, it's like trigger points, focal points for seizures, massive, mm, wow. horrible, degenerative seizures. So, wow. yeah, I mean, when he had a seizure, I had, you know, heavy duty medications to knock him out. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It so was, they did the surgery. They did the which surgery. was. And that was when he was four. It was December. Wow. Was December oh of 2011. Gosh. I want to say it was December 16th, 2011. And I let him go, and um, they told me that if he survives, that he would look like um, a stroke victim, mm. you know, hemiparesis, oh that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, we can rehab him. Yeah, That's yeah. perfectly fine. We can rehab. And then he got out, and he was calling for me, and he was ready to walk and talk. Oh and so gosh. he was, like, totally different. Wow. Wow. So it wasn't anything. But I think the physicians were just really trying to prepare me sure. for, like, the worst scenario. Absolutely. Right. And I, Which I they was needed okay. to do. Right. right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, he didn't turn out to be any of that. And wow. um, and we've just been doing, you know, we see our specialists, our child psychologists. Yeah. We see, we've been doing speech therapy. We do tutoring. Yeah. Yeah. And now oh, he's in amazing. high school full time and he's in ROTC. And actually oh he's in high school right now getting promoted to modified gen ed. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's. It's things like, you know, even right. though I heard the absolute worst prognosis for him, mm -hmm. it didn't turn out that way. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So, so we just, I mean, that's you, so powerful. You are one tough person. Absolutely. To do I mean, I'm Absolutely. serious. Like, there's... Don't get me wrong. It's been a hard road. <laughs> I sure. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm I part imagine. of the 87% of people that are divorced because you have a son or a child, which hopefully that never makes it to my son's, sure. my children's world. Right. But I'm part of that percentage. Yeah. You know, like we didn't make it, mm -hmm. but my child survived. Yeah. So I have to be grateful. Absolutely. So yeah, it was, it was dark days. Yeah. It was really dark days. Yeah. And it's, uh, 
you know, it was hard. I mean, and I mean, then, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's the year afterwards. I'm opening up my business, yeah. you know, for oh my, my son. Gosh. Yeah. And I'm doing it on my own wow. with no help and my two oh boys, my you gosh. know. And yeah. now, you know, but, you know, fast forward, it was the first five, three years were really tough and hard. You know, you're just getting that momentum and pushing that train up the hill. That's and so true. We know exactly. Oh, my goodness. It's like a business wow. owner. I mean, yeah. You have to survive. I mean, at least for me, it was like there was no choice of failure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was well, just no, cho- no choice. My favorite song is NF Options. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I love we love it. NF. It yeah. is so <laughs> motivating for me yes. as an intra- entrepreneur, right? Absolutely. Like, I have no option to fail. I have to yeah. succeed. Yeah. I have to start making money now to, to help my boys and I Absolutely. to survive. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And then, so, so yeah. So, after, as the years progressed, and then, like I just shared with you earlier, yeah. like, Finally, I'm such a niche field, speech pathology, audiology. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you find the right medical biller that knows your industry. That right. makes all the difference in the world, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was so, yeah. showing her our centralized billing area, and she was like, that makes all the difference in the world to have somebody that knows what they're doing there. I'm like, absolutely. I, that knows your yeah. niche, that knows, yeah. that understands and looks further into deeper, you know, on To help that. patients yeah, get coverage or whatever. To help them get coverage, to make sure your cash flow yeah. is, is flowing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. We can go to work all day, but we have to get paid for it. Absolutely. That's, that absolutely. is a hard part of this. Yes. And, and like where, you know, for the longest time, it was like I was a money launderer, not for anything. <laughs> Other than like I, I would pay all my bills, pay the yes. payroll, and yeah. by the time you had you looked in the bank account, and maybe there's a few thousand dollars there in the early days. If I was lucky, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think sure. at one time I had twenty bucks in the bank, and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> totally I mean, been there. 100%. I'm either gonna make it or I'm not. But yeah. I'm gonna try. You paid everything. Hey, you guys. I know exactly. But like that's what, <laughs> no, that was my joke. I'm like, I'm literally a money launderer. Yeah, yeah. that's what I am. I'm, but I'm like in the industry of speech pathology and audiology. I'm not doing anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh Callie and I had bought our first practice and we just had an, uh, my daughter had just been born. Um, and we was like the fourth or fifth month in and we had to make payroll and we're like up late at night, calling all these different banks, trying to find all these That's what fast it's like. loans to make payroll. Oh, yeah. High interest, yeah. short term. And you're like, yep. I'll sign it. Just yes. give me, give me a pen. Me I'm ready for you. You want to give, you're going to give me 50 grand for a hundred grand towards you. I'll sign it right now. Yeah. And, and it's really cool because oh those problems of yesterday, I mean, they it sounds you. like you've gone through a really similar path where, um, I bet people will look at you, go through problems, new business owners. And they're like, how are you so calm? And my, my managers ask me this all the time. Like, how are you so calm? I was like, been there, done that lots of times. I know exactly. I'm calcified. <laughs> For me, it was my son. Almost leaving, losing my child, there's nothing more stressful than that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's nothing what helped matters. me through those first yes. few years. Like, right. hey, I got my health. What's my reality? son survived. That Absolutely. was That's what helped me get through. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yes, it's, it's um, you know, you just... You're gonna make it. It's it's everything yeah, will be fine. Absolutely. Everything you just have to remind yourself of that I know, sometimes. It'll because be you fine. can be in the thick of it and you're like, How Absolutely. Are we get out of this. Yeah. I know. It's so a- this podcast is all about motivation and, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and leadership. Right. And you guys will you Exactly. Guys will exactly. But, but yeah, it's a it's not you know, entrepreneur is very um what did my dad say? Because my dad's one too, and he was just like you know, it's it's big highs and big lows. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's what you experience. 100%, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you don't only you're only remembering the lows and you forget some of the highs. Too. Right. I know. As and you do because yeah. you don't celebrate those small little accomplishments. Right. And I try and really to. hard yeah. to like like hey wait step up you know step back this really is a appreciate win. this, this. A, yes right. yeah. really take it in but instead where our minds are like what are we going to do next year what are we going to do in six months what am I going to do next payroll. So that's I'm my job. Ca- Callie can go on vacation in 30 seconds. And it <laughs> like will, once we get somewhere, I'm like, we'll hey, we're here. Days, let's enjoy it. Yeah, we'll be three days into a four day vacation. I'll finally be relaxed. And they're yeah. like, oh, we got to pack up, go home. I'm like, well, this is, this is great. You know, I had a day off. Yes. It, it is hard to really step out. Yeah. You know, um, not to. Not to share so much, but I have a counselor, obviously. I mean, I've been through a lot in my life Absolutely. already. So sure. I see a, ther- a therapist. I tell her that she's um, now my business consultant at this point. <laughs> I love it. I love because it. Because that's what she helps me cope with. Yes. And, and she was like, you know, entrepreneurs and preachers have a hard time, like, with, like, separating. Mm-hmm. Like, you really have to, like, carve out your me time and your family mm-hmm. time because our heads are usually in the business. Not all the time. I heard a guy talk one time, and this was like, 
early on, I think we just bought our second location and I was my, I mean, we had, we had seven earlier this year and we actually sold two, which was really good for us. And yes, sometimes um, you do. Yes. I, I heard a guy say, and I can't remember who it was, but he said, stop bringing your laptop home. Because I mean, it's not like I have a briefcase with paperwork in it. Right. This is not 1980. You know? mm-hmm. And so I was bringing everything home on my laptop. I'd open it at the dinner table. I'd open it in bed and I just would, then I'd go to bed, set it down, pick it back up in the morning. And I was just yeah. constantly on my laptop, like checking things and working on things. And, and once I stopped bringing that home, I felt like that was Work the release here, I needed here. to be right. home because yes. I had young babies and they were yes. so much fun to play with. And I, I love being a dad. And exactly. so, um, but yeah, that was, that was the moment where I was, I felt like that was a weight lifted. I mean, I still can't go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm working on that. Don't worry. Right. She's working that's, on it really hard. Right. Know. That's a, yeah, that's going to come. It's going to evolve mm-hmm. where you can. And I'm uh, very appreciative for those, even though I would, you know, berate him about closing his laptop and stuff. Now where we are now on the other side of it, I am very appreciative that he was putting in the hours, the grind and the mm-hmm. hours. Calcified but now. you know, uniquely circling back to somebody what has you, to do it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and okay. it's not I do had to be sacrificed. Well, she's the dandelion here. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, you guys! She'll get an email that she'll get an email that someone quit, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's start the hiring process. And she's like, what are we gonna do? (laughs) I can't go to work without this person. (laughs) Be fine. Oh my gosh, you've done this three times already, and you just you know. We just we stress very differently though. My stresses are very much clinical patient outcomes. Like trying not to take that home is a different you know. Yes. Therapy That's, session and podcast for another day. Yes. <laughs> but no, it's true. Know, it's you, you it's can't very it. true. And, and actually, Deeply care. I know my husband just finished his first year. So he's working with us now, too. And and we yeah. kind of say, like, I'm the, the, I'm the CEO mm-hmm. and he's like the CFO because yeah. he's like my mindset just isn't that way. Like, I'm more visionary. I'm thinking, That's you Kyle. know, <laughs> yeah, I'm very much that. I'm not. Details are too tedious for me. Yeah. So, and I'm like, we got to have the details. Like, <laughs> so that's so, where so Wes funny. steps in. I mean, I don't yeah. know how I made it all these years before. And actually my team, my team yeah. helped yep. to organize For me sure. and keep me together yep. and make sure. Cause Focus I was you. very much like, you know, patient or, you know, oriented. It was all about my patient and then about my staff and mm-hmm. making everybody. Yeah. So that's, that's my amazing. brain. And then his brain is the complete opposite where I need right. him to keep it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that with what you're doing being it's very niche, mm-hmm. that is not Farley. Farley? Is that a word? Farley. That's okay. It's a new word now. Yeah. <laughs> Farley. Just, that is not far in association from what it's like for us being in oh, airway I'm sure. dentists. Because we are very much against the grain. We're challenging the narrative right. every single day. Yes. We're challenging not accepting a diagnosis. Yes. And unfortunately, the diagnosis. You're innovative. Mm-hmm. You're changing. We have to be. We have to be. And so you're you, trailblazers. Yeah. And we are. We. You you as well. Because it's like for what we're trying to do, getting anybody to fully accept it in, I would say, even the provider community is mm-hmm. difficult. Now, there's more and more research and more and more loud people yelling about it that we're, I can almost sit back sometimes and be like, hey, you didn't hear about that. It's our old news. Don't you know we don't pull bicuspids anymore for whatever? But right. the problem is in the diagnosis, similarly to, I think, you know, With not to the yet. severe extent. Right. As no, saying, of course. The, bi- the diagnosis of bimaxillary protrusion, meaning the upper jaw is too far and sticking out. So you got to rein it back. And, right. and I was talking with a, a dear mentor of mine not long ago, and he said if that diagnosis would be eliminated, then they wouldn't be able to pull the buys. Yes, because that is if you have that diagnosis, then it's acceptable to refer the patient for it. And when the diagnosis needs to be maxillary and mandibular hypoplasia. So as we have developed these niche services, how, you know, when you came and Bree reached out to you, I think, and told you we were having the dinner and all of that. Yes. So with what you, cause you shared some cool things when you talked that night too, when we were kind of all introducing ourselves, but how does airway, if it does, this is just blatant question how is that related to what you do do. yeah so i'll tell you as a speech pathologist so that's my the biggest area that's that it's related to for me so in regards to that what we're seeing are like major behavioral issues right which at this point too we can't figure out and rule out if it has to do with just being covid babies right or um the world of uh phone and camera on the phone right because uh we have some you know in my 20 something years of practicing i've never seen so like the behavioral issues that we're having today wow yes yes um 
the airway no but that's why i went to your your area yeah. to to understand it more mm-hmm. because you know now i learned from you it's like okay if we can get you know if we can see what the oral motor structure looks like the oral muscular you know what's in the mouth what does it look like is it giving enough room to breathe which that would be your expertise right you know will we see these behaviors reduce will we see a happier child so now i'm like asking different questions and i'm seeing things in a different way i mean i am trained in oral facial myology but never certified in it but um and so, like, I looked a lot for, like, tethered tissues, yeah. if it's affecting the speech production, which it, it doesn't really f- affect the speech di- produ- uh, production. What it affects most is the feeding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. But it has other, you know, um, disadvantages when you have all these tethered tissues, you know, in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, as you know, cleaning the teeth and the airway and all that other stuff. All mm-hmm. those secondary kind of things that people just don't know beyond. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed to work with. and. And um, that's what I wanted to see. And so that's why I came to yeah. your, your thing. I love yes. that. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I want to back up. <clears throat> what is audiology? Okay. So <laughs> great question. Thank you very much. So audiology is, it, I'm essentially a hearing doctor. That's okay. what I do. So I treat balance disorders. So people that live with dizziness, like they're dizzy all the time, but they're, you know, they're taking medication for it and they've been dizzy for years. Those people really need to get the right diagnosis. Right. Around here, it's, um, unfortunately, I'm learning that people just get medicated to mask mm. the symptoms. But mm-hmm. if we figure out really what's going on, we can help treat it more appropriately. So we deal with vertigo uh, yeah. disorders, and then we also deal with hearing. So, and tinnitus. Mm, I was going to so ask you about that, So the ringing in the ear, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. So we treat all that. We diagnose it and treat it. Um, so that's what I do. So we work over at Autumn Oak Speech, Voice, and Hearing. Um, we deal with both adults and children, and we do cochlear implants, hearing aids, tinnitus treatment, that that type of stuff. Even so, tell me more about tinnitus. Like, what causes it, and how y'all treat it? So we don't really know what the cause, like the exact cause. Now, what we're thinking is that. You know, the potty is a natural, like, healing machine. Right. Like, the body just wants to, like, help heal itself. Well, unfortunately, in the areas of hearing, it's totally different. It's actually counterproductive to what we're trying to accomplish than than helpful. Okay. So what we think it is is that the neurons, so the, the pathway between the ear and the brain, those neurons or the brain realizes, hey, I don't hear any sound. And I need to hear sound. Like I have deprivation here. And so I need to find that sound. And what those neurons start to do is they become hyperactive. And then we think as a result, somewhere between the ear and the brain, it makes that own that its own sound. So it's, it's, it's also called like a phantom sound. So meaning like, you can't hear mine and I can't hear yours. There's like 1% where there is a form of tinnitus that you can hear. Oh. But I've never seen it in my career. Okay. But yeah, but most of the time it's a phantom sound. It's the same thing with the hearing. So let's say like our hearing, our cells of hearing are starting to die away and we're starting to have symptomology of hearing loss. Well, what happens is your brain notices, hey, we're not getting any sound here. Now this is for adults. So mm-hmm. adults, the brain has already been mapped out. This part is for touch and feeling and motor control. And this part is for hearing and understanding what you hear. Because we really hear at the level of the brain. The ears are just natural amplifiers and filters for noise. So what happens is when we lose hearing and the cells begin to deteriorate and die, we begin to have hearing loss. Well, the brain identifies that. And then it's like, I'm going to move from this part of the brain and try to make this area of the brain be the the designated area for sound interpretation. Well, that area is a frontal lobe, and that's responsible for memory and for decision-making and, you know, just all the executive functioning. So people with hearing loss are anywhere from 200 to 500% at risk for dementia later on life. Because the brain's trying to find fight for real estate, essentially. Wow! Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. Is, that's not good for me because Callie, Callie already, she's like, you cannot hear. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I also yeah. just think you're ignoring me, but that's not. The thing. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> yeah. never know, right? And it could be a tension thing, or it could be, you know, a hearing thing. Like I know for me. So we do, um, we do complete, full, comprehensive. We do more testing than essentially any anywhere else. So um, with me, like I know that the cellular level, because of my objective measures, 
that my cells are beginning to die in the mm-hmm. high frequency range. So, and I already kind of knew that because here's the thing. When I start wearing my own devices, my own hearing treatment, my hearing aids, um, my husband said a simple three-word phrase. I could not detect the beginning of one word and the start of the next word. It oh. sounded like jargon. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's when I realized, I'm like, okay, this is an issue. Mm-hmm. And then also, I, <laughs> I'm starting to like my television with captions on. Yeah, so oh, it's, yeah, yeah, so that's when I started to to mm, treat myself. So interesting. Yeah. So what is like a, like I've never been to an audiologist, and the last time I had my hearing checked, I think I was like in the fourth grade. Yeah. So typically, time. you know, for adults, you want to get checked at fifty. Okay. Fifty is around the age you want to get checked, unless you suspect there's decline sooner. Like I'm forty six, and I just start. Well, actually, I'm forty seven. I just had a birthday the other day. Oh, so happy I, birthday! Thank you. So <laughs> I start wearing mine at forty six. Okay. When I start to have all my symptoms. You started wearing your... Hearing, hearing aids. aids. Okay. I have okay. hearing aids on underneath all this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so what does that what does that exam usually look like if they're wanting to just come in? Like, yeah. Like if you're like me and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm around Maybe ha- I loud noises all the time at the dental office. Oh, I know. Like usually the dentist me. get the high frequency um, hearing loss because you, the drills yeah. that you're exposed to. Yeah. Um, so what it looks like is that... The first thing we're going to do is after we take, you know, your information and do all the paperwork of just being in the office, um, then we're going to do an assessment on cognition and we're going to get a baseline of your cognition, your cognitive abilities. And then, and for mine, it's a full assessment because I'm a speech pathologist. It's not a screener. It's a full assessment. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're going to go through testing of, you know, testing with speech and quiet and speech and noise and then your typical beep test. And then I have the objective measures of just assessing the cells. You know, what are your cells doing? Mm-hmm. Because those objective measures are so much more sensitive yeah. than the audiogram itself. Yeah. Like right now I have hearing loss at my cellular level, but if you do testing on me, it looks like I have perfectly normal hearing. Wow. Yeah, because... or more of the cells have to be damaged Mm -hmm. to to be detected on the audiogram. Only 20% need to be done on the um, objective measures. Wow. So what is, are there interventions that you can deploy to, I guess, delay uh, the deterioration of your hearing? It's mostly hearing uh, uh, conservation. So like, you know, with, when you're doing your drills and things like that, I would wear hearing protection, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, they tried um, to get us to do that in dental school. None of us like nobody likes it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so doing that as well as just, you know, what I teach my kids when they're wearing their headphones and listening to their gaming stuff, I'm like, do not go above. I tell them 40% is really 50%, but they're going to stretch it. So, you know, (laughs) so I don't, I tell them do not go above, you know, the, the 40% marker of that that volume bar okay you know things like that just to keep to keep my kids healthy mm-hmm. and to keep everybody healthy i know i turned my earphones on too loud i love to jam out to music yeah yeah i know work, and i'll just, just crank it up in the car i know i, I do the same thing yeah. so yeah i mean and here's me so i have genetics so it runs in my family the women tend to lose hearing um in their you know late 40s early you know we're a little bit earlier so in general in america it's very normal like at age 50 men um you know, we start to lose our hearing age 40 from it's 40 years old for men. It starts in their forties, but they're just not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So also if we send somebody to see you, are you clinically doing this now or do you kind of oversee? Like if my parents came in, would I be like, go see Michelle or like, (laughs) what? I I typically don't treat patients anymore unless it's like my patients were requesting me specifically, but the team that I, that I have, yes. The team that I do have, they essentially do exactly what I do. Perfect. You know, I am at this point in my life. I mean, I do do, I I do management mostly over the SLPs and over the audiologist. And then also, you know, the cognitive assessment. I'm the only clinic in this area that does this With at it. all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a part of my protocol. And actually, because I do that, the company that I use, I use the Cognoview. So that's the particular assessment that I use. Right. They hired me to teach audiologists across seas and in this nation. Oh, that's amazing. And how to get it integrated into your practice. Yeah. Because... It is great, vital information. So mm-hmm. like if you had hearing loss and if we got all the baseline, which I, that's what I get, I get all the baseline data. And if you need treatment, then what I should see 
is just like how I told you that we start to get that memory loss, dementia happening with uh, the loss. When I start treating and giving you that stimulation through the hearing aids, those numbers should go up. Yeah, It starts to repair itself because of, again, yeah. the neuroplasticity of the awesome. brain. So what is this cognitive test like? I, oh, it's you keep a, saying it. And I'm just, I know. So it's a. Um, so it's really amazing. I I love it to be honest with you. That's why I'm like, oh my goodness, it's amazing. So most <laughs> of the time, my cognitive tests are me face to face asking you questions about memory and problem solving and reasoning. Well, this particular test is a computer, like it's like a a device. Mm-hmm. So you sit in front of the screen. They're going to tell you the directions, and you literally turn a wheel. So it's not heavily language based. It okay. is some language, but there's also. But we have to try to rule out that part. So it's like visuospatial information, attention, memory, um, reasoning, and it gives you all that information. And it's not like a tester bias. There's no tester bias because I don't administer it. Right. Either get it or you it's don't. Right. I know amazing. it's amazing. I love it. Like so I you're spinning a wheel and yes. it's asking you things. Yeah, so like it's it, asking it's like you, you to like, or... like which you know which words did you just see and then you just spin the wheel. To, it's kind of like moving the mice oh, okay, around. Oh yeah, to okay. select right. It or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it takes also in regards because I could never do this as on my test. Like your processing speed. Yeah. And your reaction time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I can never get that That's data. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, so it's it's a it's a comprehensive, it's amazing, and it's so surprising how hard it is to get this protocol at, to run smoothly in the practice. But it is, it's just something different. Yeah, I want to sure. do this. I know you should. We so, should. I'll go I do would, it too. And I want to do the hearing. I want to make sure my hearing is good too, because maybe maybe Callie's just saying too much to me. You know, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, if we rule out that you don't have hearing loss, I'm just going to yell at you more. And get your attention. <laughs> just be more. Be careful with your words. I can only take I in know, so much in one I day. Know, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's just, um, and it just means it just means your your attention, your focus, and your attention is just being spread to a lot mm-hmm. of different areas, and it's not really uncommon for us, right? No, for sure. I mean, that's our minds Especially are constantly running. Yeah. I don't yeah. even. Ha- I have a hard time shutting my my brain off at nighttime. Yeah, he just wouldn't know sleep. what that's like either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, we do. Yeah, yeah. It's so amazing. yeah. So that's a. We're so all yeah, going to so make appointments. I'll get Bree to schedule yeah. appointments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we can do all that stuff. But that's what it looks like. But it's all about getting the baseline, knowing how you do, you know, functional testing, and then right. the typical beep testing. But, um, but yeah, it's it's a very involved, comprehensive test, and we've always awesome. done extra. And that's how I got my name out because I think the patients that I saw, because in those early days, I didn't have a lot of marketing money. Oh yeah, no, for it was sure. like absolutely physician referrals yep. and other patients, and. I, they always told me, even to this day, they're like, you do so much more. I What is this? I yeah. don't even know what this yeah. is. And it's like, now that I have this cognitive view in there, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Well, it just elevates you in the patient's mind too. I mean, they come here, everything's digital. We're doing sleep studies. We're talking about their overall health. It's not just, oh, hey, you want to like bleach your teeth. You know? I know. <laughs> like, yes. or it's not just like, oh, you, you know, you've got all right. these cavities. It's such a bigger picture. It and is. I think our cognitive health, especially when you're talking about like trying to reverse some of the dementia things yes, that are happening. Like, exactly. Who is not? going to go do that test i know and if it's as simple as wearing a hearing aid you can hear better like i know that's outstanding and it's and it's but yeah. it's really sad because this industry is so like flooded with a lot of miscommunication a lot of poor information right you know these the devices that we work with are medical grade devices they're not an amplifier you're going to get at walmart or oh, at Costco. Yeah. oh so they, like, they yeah. can go get stuff cheap off the counter and think they're getting the same thing as yes. what you're applying is, yeah and that's that what a- they're told Wow. That's what they're the newer told. thing with those appliances. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, go I ahead. Feel like, like, I, I don't feel like I've seen so much marketing material for a hearing aid in my life. But I, You might grand, be of coming of age. That might be it. Yeah. Facebook's hitting me up. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen but, them at Walmart before. But you also don't. I mean, we, we're not just, we don't have time to go like in-store shopping much. So I think there's wow. something that we're just like missing. But I, I used to hate to go to store. But I, but I've do you want to go to the mall? I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> I, I would rather yes. sprain my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh I know. It's so interesting. I'm the same way. I've never been a shopper. I've never done in that stuff. I uh, I'm never. A hunter. I'm like, yeah, I know oh, what I want. Hunter? I'm, okay. That's oh, where no, we no. do. We're I don't different. actually hunt. <laughs> oh, okay. But oh. That, that's how I go shopping. Like, I'm going oh, to the store gatherer, for this. You know, like, oh, okay. I'll just go scroll I just the need aisles. this. Like, yes. 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 Callie's like, I got a basket. I might as well go see what I can fill it with at the store. And I'm, you know, right. rare that I, get to I go to Home Depot them. for the hammer. I don't go to Home Depot because right. I want to see how many hammers they have, yeah. right. colors. And, yes, yes, yes. I mean, we all have our thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know your thing is fascinating because everybody's talking about dementia, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. aging, 
how to improve the longevity. And really, we were talking with the staff today because we've been at the we were at the breathing wellness conference last week where we were both speaking, actually. But there was a cardiologist there talking about how we are saving lives. If we can get in and improve their sleep and their breathing before they ever hit the table for a defibrillator or heart surgery or whatever else, like just really motivating. But he, he, Kyle, you know, came in and talked with the staff this morning. He's like, if we can improve somebody's health span, it's not just how old can we, can you make it to? Right. Uh, what In is America, that quality of life? We can, get, we can life? get anyone to 80. Yeah. Oh, I know. Anyone to 80. Yeah, but the but, thing but, is, is like, can you physically make exactly. it? Exactly. And do you have yes. your marbles? Exactly. Yep. exactly. You know, because exactly. we don't imagine ourselves, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of a wake up call would be to step in a nursing home. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go step in a sniff unit. And That's so, a wake up call because nobody imagines you don't expect that you're going to be phase there. of your life right. before death comes on. Um, right. There's a longevity physician named Peter Atia who wrote a book called Outlive, and I think it came out recently. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to it, and in in that he describes that that phase of life as your marginal decade, as when you are technically alive, but it's not a life that you would you would compare as like like right now we're calling these are golden years, right? These are this is the best time of my life. My kids are young. I have energy. We have time. We have health. We have all these things. And as time goes on, that deteriorates to a point mm-hmm. and it ter- deteriorates to a point to where like, okay, well now if, if it's rainy, I won't drive, drive somewhere. You know, I, I really want to go to see this movie, but the weather's bad. So I'm not going to drive. And then that, that kind of how that tipping point happens. And it's like, well, I, you know, I'm taking a thousand medications every single day. Right. And you, you have know. to play pharma. I mean, yeah. you know, like oh my four gosh. or more is considered polypharm. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. But it's just, to me, I'm like any, any way we can improve that aging. I mean, the dementia Alzheimer's discussion with sleep is huge. I mean, it's, they've noticed that patients that have been diagnosed with that do not get any deep sleep. If you do not get deep sleep, that is the washing machine cycle of the brain. So the brain cells, obviously, you know, tons about the brain, but it's like, it looks like a giant starfish, right? The glial cells extending out. Now, when they go into deep sleep, that shrinks and that's what allows the lymphatic system to clean out beta amyloid plaques. We all know what those are yes, with Alzheimer's. Exactly. If you never get into that deep sleep, they never shrink. So you never get the filtration. Right. And so I'm like, if we can improve their hearing, make sure they're breathing at night and getting oxygen, we are going to age better as a society from Absolutely. what I can tell from what you're saying too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's I mean, critical. that's the, it is critical. We and need to save the world. It's, okay. <laughs> it's critical. We have to, if, if everybody could just take a moment and just envision, like we're going to age better if you can envision your older self right. and trying to prepare your older self for whatever. So like yes. right now, like I'm 46, I'm wearing my hearing aids. I don't have a problem with that. You know, for getting not. in. Yes. Yeah, remembering in my protocol, thing. you know, yes. my, my daily routine was an issue, but once I got past that it was fine but right i'm gonna do whatever it takes because i want to mm-hmm. have a better quality of life yeah mm-hmm. and i'm sure the transition to that like you said was a little yeah you know getting it's used to additional it it's step. not much different from oral appliance therapy so yes. if a patient needs to wear something that you know gently holds their jaw forward to keep their tongue out of the back of the throat you're gonna have some nights where maybe you didn't wear it or you pulled it out in right. your sleep or something but once they get it into their routine that is when we see the numbers and the blood pressures drop and their overall cardiovascular health get better. So I think that's a good point when you're starting anything new like that, give yourself a little bit of time to get used to it yes. and it, you're just going to be a healthier person. Yes, you will be. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. I just, it's all about quality of life and, and just, if I'm going to live to whatever age, please, you know, let me help myself yes, make sure that I can absolutely. physically manage it and like absolutely. cognitively be there yeah, to manage yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We have to, I mean, we have to do that. We have yeah, to we think have about to take it that care way. Ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. I want to ask some pointed questions that maybe and no one prepped me for this. So it's yeah, probably a dumb ahead. question. No, 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 no dumb questions. Um, great. Then now you just opened yeah. the <laughs> So um, I was curious about if you have seen any relation between um, any of the testing that you do or any of the patients in your practice in terms of like a cohort of people that have been diagnosed with ADHD compared to those that have maybe not been diagnosed with ADHD. Have you seen any kind of connection between anything? Between like, um, so people with ADHD versus mm-hmm. people that have not been diagnosed with ADHD, but there's like overlap behaviors. Or is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm sorry. Let well, me just make sure I understand the question. This is a dumb question. No, 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 it's not. Do you have ADHD? Is that, I'm sorry. Several two times person? a day. But okay. no, no I have it. Okay. I ha- I've been diagnosed with that recently. No, mm. my, 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 so my mom told me when I was in high school that I was diagnosed with it, but she didn't want me to go to that clinic because i don't think she liked the teacher that was teaching mm-hmm. that so she just guarded so you she, from that she just like said you just no coped on and your then own. i didn't find out till in 
anyway. Like, when did she but, tell you this? But like, for I, my I, sisters, <laughs> they got diagnosed with it too. But so they got twice as long to take the SAT that compared to oh, me. Oh, I had no idea. Uh, I've yeah. li- we were high school sweethearts. I've literally oh, known really? you longer yeah. now that than I haven't not known you. That I've is never so known unique. This. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that, that and like dyslexia and all the all those yes. wonderful things. So yes. Um. So anyways, I made it to here. That is amazing. You have to go see her. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, we both should. I so, want to too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, so the ADHD versus the non-ADHD. Right. So, what are you? What's well, the question? Is what yes. she's asking you. I don't know the question. The que- I guess the question I was wondering is: is is there something that stands out to you as a patient in your practice with ADHD as compared to without? Because we understand that fifty percent of the symptoms are overlap with sleepiness, as with a diagnosis for ADHD. And it was really interesting because there's a there's this really cool study called the Dundon study done in New Zealand. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, you would love it. Find it. If okay. you haven't. They, the, I can't remember his name. And actually, I think the founder of the study recently passed away. Oh, man. Um, but they started this 50, 60 years ago in New Zealand. Uh-huh. And it was all these, it was a 12 or 1300 kids who were born in those two years. And they said, we got some money. We want to follow you for as long as you are alive. Right, like a longitudinal study. Yes. 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 And so it's That's never, amazing. Another one like this will never be done again. Right? right. This is so cool. And in that, they found that, you know, kids who had, who were able to pay better attention in school, meaning they were, and also connecting it to being less sleepy in school, meant that the quality of life was better. Their income was better. They're more likely to get married and stay married. They're more likely to have kids, more likely to have a good job that they like, whether it's high paying or not high paying, like all these other things that we all would want in our own lives, especially for our kids, like, you know, things that we would relate to happiness and joy right? and to measure them. You can't, you know, I don't think they actually try to say those words, but, um, and they did that to the ability to pay attention. And I imagine if you are struggling to hear or even, or comprehend, oh, I know. then there could it's be a connection. It's really sad. So, Another thing that I do is I'm a medical reviewer. So I review um, insurance claims that are denied mm-hmm. or, and then the families, which I highly recommend to all the families that are listening right now, if somebody denies, you know, coverage and they say they're going to cover it, you appeal it. Yeah. So I'm the one, I'm a peer review. So I review SLPs and I review other audiologists, the stuff to try to honestly push it through yes. because it's quite a corrupt world out there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, there is a true link between um, our kids' first um, speech and language disorders. A lot of times, and this is what drives me nuts, a lot of times they're just like, it's a developmental disorder. Well, okay, if it's a developmental disorder, that means that it's going to repair itself all by itself, naturally. It just is kind of developmentally, it's just late, Yeah. right? But really, speech and language is more neurological, Mm -hmm. right? We have the centers in the brain for speech production and speech understanding. It's neurological disorder. For my kids that have a speech and language disorder, and then it goes into like a articulation, like they can't say certain sounds right, but now we're going into language, like a phonological disorder where it's a pattern. Like, Mm. for example... The kids will eliminate final consonants on every single word. It's it's a phonological disorder versus an artic because artic was a specific sound. Phono was like a particular pattern. Okay. So when I see those kids like that, and there's studies on this, it's really just the first symptom. Majority of the time, fifty percent or more. I don't even know what the stat is because I personally, eventually, when I get more, I get fr- the more freedom I get. I really want to start doing this research. Um. It's usually the first symptom of ADHD, dyslexia, autism, all the learning disabilities, essentially. Wow. Yeah. So there's a wow. high correlation right there. A huge correlation. It's massive. When my kids, when kids are born with like speech and he- like hearing disorders, if they don't get treatment, and so in the, in nationally, they should have treatment. They should be identified as an infant. They should be diagnosed at least by three months, and they should be treated no later than six months. But if they don't go through that and the family's not aggressive, um, they're at huge rate, risk, even wow. for the, the speech disorders. So speech disorders, when they go untreated, hearing disorders, when they go untreated, their quality of life totally goes down. Like wow. there's a study in 2005 by... Thielen, Thielen and Associates. What he noticed was that academia, like academics is going to be low. Yeah. And then vocational options are going to be low. Wow. Like it's going to follow you the whole way through if you don't get these foundations. Wow. Because you need hearing to learn. Absolutely. And you need speech 
to it, that's the speech and language is the foundation to pre-K and kindergarten to, to to learn right. to keep on learning. Right. So there's huge, you know, there's detrimental effects if it goes untreated. Right. Yeah, and I don't think parents and families realize that. Mm-mm. Well, no, and if they're not being told that at the pediatrician office either, or, is it where it's, or if they're just not getting. Yeah. access to that and, information. And there's still it's pediatricians not. out there to this day that's like, oh, you're going to grow out of it. And we're seeing oh these five I years old. I was about to ask if that was, because that's what it's they not, tell. They're, they're right. telling that about the jaws and the tongue ties too. So, Yeah, if your kid snores, you'll grow out of it. No, you'll they don't. Like snoring's not a good thing. No. Period. You should, no. We shouldn't try to learn that from you. Yeah. <laughs> and now I know to tell my parents this stuff. Absolutely. Now we ask. Yeah. But like that kind of stuff shouldn't be a normal right. thing. But I don't see it as much as I did probably like 10, 15 years ago. But nowadays, I still have those few, and they're typically older, right? Older physicians mm-hmm. that are still practicing, and I tell them like you're going to grow out of it, and it's like, nope, you didn't. I mean, even we start were literally early told to say that in dental school, though. Yeah. So, like, I can imagine that they were also taught probably things. so. But it's our responsibility, hundred percent, as, as professionals, to 100%. keep abreast of your research, yes. to keep abreast of yes. what the changes are. It is no are. excuse. That is oh. no excuse. No excuse. And that's why I'm like, you know, I advise family members and friends. I'm like, if you're looking for somebody, you'd probably want to go like middle age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just or at least to- someone who is enthusiastic about seeing you in their practice. Oh, I know. There, there are plenty of older dentists out there who love CE. There are plenty of young dentists out there who are terrible at going to CE because in Texas, you only have to do 12 hours. Uh, is it over two a years? Year. A year. And yeah, we do a lot. So I don't know right. how to yes. count right. the beans, but um, there is. So anecdotally, when we were looking to grow, we're, we we used to buy practices. Now we build them from scratch. And so we, I went out to see dozens of practices and these are all practices that were affordable for us back then. They're not like huge high performance practices mm-hmm. and they were all the same. Well, I've done it this way for 25 years. I know. Everything. And then you go into that organization yeah. and you can't even change it. Oh my gosh. The orga- yes. The organizational <laughs> no. culture it's takes petrified. years it's to change. <laughs> so that's why you have to just go Absolutely. start from scratch. Yeah. It is so yeah. much that's easier. That's why we hire new graduate dentists as well and yeah. train them. Very good. Yeah. You yes. hire soft clay, not hard rock. No, I totally understand. You should come to my practice. I oh, have a lot wait. of young, I have yes. a young, lot of young therapists. I, 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 I try to mold them. Absolutely. And, um, and if they weren't like my student or my right. fellow from before, um, or if they were older they were my student or my fellow from before that's so, amazing yeah so yeah. i mean i just so i that i totally agree because they're not um i don't know they're i guess they're just not as jaded or biased mm-hmm. or they're more open to ideas i mean i'm sure there's a few that's gonna mm-hmm. you know there's a few out there but um yeah no it's it. important and and just to have the the uh, respect of your leadership and authority and and to trust what you've built to replicate that which is exactly what we're very true doing you know and it's like me asking like hey can we see you that'll that's always the question right they want it and i'm like i'm helping everybody now i make a bigger impact right but not being in this that same room from eight to five although i'm still here a lot but it's like no it's true you know we have a bigger reach when we can teach train yes and then exactly so that's um yeah that's something that we try to do too well um this was just amazing. Was, I mean, we're so linked with development. Yes. Oh, like wow. if they can't hear and if they can't breathe, they're not. I know it's, it's, yeah. it can be very detrimental mm-hmm. and hearing loss a lot of times, especially in the kids. And especially when it comes to just one ear, if there's like a unilateral hearing loss or they're very, it's very sneaky. It's hard to, yeah. hard to catch. Mm-hmm. So if, even if anybody has the slightest like suspicion, just get them tested. Absolutely. You know, because it can be, I mean, these kids are, the kids, when they're born with it, they can work around it because of the neuroplasticity of the brain, right? They'll start using other senses, the keener sense, you know, they'll right. get keener in other areas. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to find. So on that, on that, like we tell our, um, generally we tell people, bring your kids in whenever you come in for happy visits as soon as they're born. That way right. you just kind of get used to the practice. And then when they really need to see the dentist is when they turn one year or when their first tooth erupts or if they, now we say if they have a teletoral tissue or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, but for I guess me as a dad, maybe Callie knows different, but the only time I ever thought I needed to get my kids hearing checked was at birth and they did it in the hospital and they, they charged us like yes. 150 bucks per ear or something yeah. like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We, we didn't have any insurance side. Oh, okay. Them. I see. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yes, typically it's, it's infant screening and they mm-hmm. get it screened then. And then your pediatrician will screen again around age three. Yeah. So if there's any suspicions between those years, you should come in to an audiologist that's awesome. special, you know, that, that sees children too. 
Um, great. Yeah, but that's, and then, you know, the teachers, you know, you watch things like once they get into school, if there's, you know, they can hear well and if their grades are good, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So to to come into your practice as a new patient, like if I was going to bring myself for my kid in, do I need a referral from a physician? No. Okay. No, unless your insurance dictates that, <laughs> unless like you have an HMO. An HMO, you're going to have to go through your PC, P, um, PCP. Okay. Yeah, those are the, you know, that's who, you know, the essentially the gatekeeper. But if it's a PPO, right. no. Okay. Well, what about no. Medicare? Medicare, we accept. Okay. Yeah, the only thing that we accept all major medical insurance, the only thing we don't accept is Medicaid. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. Is that typically not offered for audiology and similar services, or is it just you ha- you struggle to find that as oh a good um, fit with medical practice? It, it's a it's not a good fit for the practice, just from a business point of view. Right. Um, it's just not a good fit for the practice um, in regards to um, um, yeah, like it's uh, a coverage payment. You know, um, if there's a change. Sometimes you don't know until like months yes. later. Yes. Yeah, it's not yeah, different. I it's don't, no different I dental. Yeah, so like I can't. It can really affect your cash flow. Yeah, and really, if it's if, if it's a significant change, I've seen businesses go under. Oh my and, god! You know, yeah. right. not be able to do right. payroll for sure because there was a change that well, that happened. The way most dentists make it into the news is they commit Medicaid fraud in Texas. <laughs> so every couple of years, there's a big old sting. And really, millions and millions it's of dollars. So sad. It is. Yeah. That's terrible. It's it's very profitable in a high volume practice. Um, here, but we don't, we don't offer any, we, we don't take Medicaid because it's, um, it's, it struggles to fit into our model. Yes. And so, um, that's really interesting that you don't yeah. take it either. Um, what else, like Callie and I don't have health insurance and it's just kind of how we've rolled for the past several we years. We have a Medishare. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you have like the, um, the kind that's like in case anything detrimental or catastrophe would have happened, that's yeah. what you have. Cause yeah. that's, at least you have that. That yeah, would be for something sure. I would It's recommend. actually been great. I had shoulder uh, yes. surgery last year for a rotator cuff and I mean, it was, it cost nothing. Yeah. They covered all of it. So it's, it's so. different than just catastrophe. Oh. We have Christian yeah. healthcare ministries. Oh, so interesting. you just have to be able, you're considered cash pay where you go. Mm-hmm. And for a whole family, it's like 700 bucks a month. Yeah. Maybe six. And that's then really good. Uh, yeah, um, so they have like a medical event. If it's over five hundred bucks, whatever the it's medical event is, one hundred percent. Yeah. If it's over five hundred, they cover everything over five hundred. But if you can show that you negotiated with that hospital physician's office, whatever, and you saved more than five hundred by negotiating a, a cash price, then they'll cover then all they of it. They cover everything. Yeah, like my C sections were one hundred percent too. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever cool. heard of Christian Health Ministries or Good my, Samaritan? A friend of mine has yeah, something awesome. like that. I'll, I'll have, to have to take a look into it. So in my industry, in order to get, we're so few and far between, mm-hmm. in order to get employees, you have to offer those benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we That's know so that. We have that here. for you. I know. It's very expensive. Yeah. We we yes. offer now, but it was a long time before we could even consider it. I mean, it's maybe we've only years. done two years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been in... So I've been in business, what, 12 years? I've been offering it maybe the last five or six years. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it took yeah. a while before sure. I could make it to that point. Mm-hmm. So people were part-time. Yeah. Or right. they were full-time yeah. with no oh, benefits. for sure. I couldn't, we couldn't afford it. No, it's too expensive. Yeah. It's yeah. very expensive. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, CHM is so it. affordable. It's $175 per person. Hmm. And then your kids are all one fee, no right. matter how many kids you have. Okay. So they're all. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. And they're huge <laughs> limits too. I mean, like. There are pre-existing conditions and stuff. Yeah, it's not a, like regular, you know. But I mean, it's been really good for. It's been an awesome fit for our family. But I've I've encouraged all of our employees to do this, and it's untraditional, so it feels unsafe, right? Yes. It feels like oh, I'm going to get screwed here. And there, and the caveat is, um, well, honestly, when it comes to medical insurance, you're going to be screwed either way. Yeah. Either way, your deductible. Either way, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. Or twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah. There's no deductibles with this. Like, yes. so, but you do have to front the costs. Because it's repaying to you. It's not paying to the yeah. provider. And so your so cash pay anyway. That you is go. the caveat. So essentially, like for our surgery, that was my stroke surgery, very expensive. Yes. But it was all covered, but we did have to float the cost for a couple of months. So that is, you know, in a world where I've heard, you know, guys like Dave Ramsey and other financial talking heads speak about how little people have in their savings account, it, it sometimes that does make it a barrier sure. to of course. So they would rather pay more mm-hmm. per month. Um but yeah, we had to offer it after COVID because we, <laughs> the labor market in dentistry after COVID had uh, negative unemployment rates. People, so many people, the left. biggest companies in the world in the, in the United States were hiring brand new, convincing people to leave their non dental jobs to come to dental because the employment rate was so low, it was zero. 
Hmm. Almost, almost all the new hires we made in 20 were people who had no dental experience. Except for the dentists. <laughs> they were so scared about getting, I mean, you know, right. it was such people a question mark back. for a long yeah. time. Yeah. So we had, we had a lot of people return, but we were still on a growth trajectory. So we were still needing to hire f- to fill those growth needs. Right. Yeah, so Yeah, exactly. But yes. Well, this has just been fascinating. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you should. 100%. So what do you guys offer to your employees? Is that what you offer? No, we have a traditional plan. We have a, a low, medium, high plan. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's like, I think through Blue Cross for two plans and one's United. Yeah. Yeah. But we do cover part of it too. Cover right. So. Yeah, that's what I do. I do 50%. Right now we have Cigna. We went from Blue, I loved Blue Cross Blue Shield, but they keep on going up yep. and up. Yeah. And I, yeah. Well, we, we were able to get the same rate. We just renegotiated like a couple months ago, like I'm sure you did. Was it two months ago, three months ago? Whenever that window thing opens. Mm-hmm. But um, and we ended up being at almost the same rate as we were before, which. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's so. usually, that's unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Because we keep hiring young. <laughs> Her age keeps dropping. Oh, yeah. that's probably why. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. True. That yeah. does help. Yeah. Oh, this is totally just yeah. took a Absolutely. tangent. That's so funny. All right. So this was this was a 75% entrepreneur ownership. <laughs> right. You know, self-help. 25%. And then 25% medical. Yeah. So, right. Now, everybody's going to love it, though. It was so great having you on. Seriously. Oh, great. Well, How thanks for having me. How can people find you yeah. and hear more about what you're doing? Oh, sure. So um, so you can go to www.speechhearingtherapy.com or you can Google Autumn Oak, Speech, Voice, and Hearing. Instagram, I want to say it's it's Autumn Oak, Speech, Voice, and Hearing. I think it's the name of the business and the same with Facebook. Okay. So we're Autumn on Oak a, Therapy, I can confirm. Autumn Oak Therapy is Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so that's where we are. Awesome. And that's well, how you can find us. Thank you for coming to hang out with yeah, us. I thank really you. I appreciate this. the time. Love knowing you. Yes, and you're likewise. such a force to be reckoned with here. Oh, so thank I'm you. So yes, likewise. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thanks All for right. having me. That's thanks, it. guys. All right, thanks.